Today we're going to be looking at God as our keeper. Now this word keeper takes many meanings in our culture. Uh, when we like someone, we say he's a keeper or she's a keeper. Right? This is this is not what we're talking about. Uh, when the when the Bible presents God as our keeper, the the verbal root is a Hebrew word called samar, which means to protect, guard, watch over, and take care of. When we understand God as our keeper, we can then see the significant picture that God is our protector. He's our guardian, the one who watches over. and the one who takes care of us now why do we not speak of god as our keeper enough even as followers of jesus i believe some of it has to do with our culture of self reliance of saying hey i'm fine by myself i'm a grown up right i don't need someone to keep watching over me i mean i can take care of myself right so this morning we're going to be looking at what it means to have god as our keeper uh the passage is uh taken from a book of songs and poems from the bible uh it's called psalms and this particular psalm is taken it's psalm 121 it's taken uh from a collection of a mini collection within this collection called song of ascents which means uh three times a year jews uh, from different parts of israel would gather and go to jerusalem to worship right um and even as they would go to jerusalem to worship these songs from psalm 120 to psalm 134 would were what they would sing together even as they would go to worship we're going to be looking at a very famous psalm it is psalm 121 um i request Joshua to read the psalm out for us over to you Josh Psalm 121 I lift up my eyes to the hills where does my help come from My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth He will not let your foot be moved he who keeps you will not slumber Behold he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep The Lord is your keeper the Lord is your shade on your right hand The sun will not strike you by day nor the moon by night The Lord will keep you from all evil he will keep your life The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore Here in God's tree Amen thank you Josh uh let me just pray before we start um father thank you for giving us a rich experience of who you are uh, even through the time of worship um even as uh, you speak to us now from this psalm uh holy spirit i pray that would you open up our hearts uh would you open up our hearts uh, that is shut with self reliance that is shut with guarded walls uh to the work of jesus today i pray that you will speak to each of us at our points of need and and more than anything move our hearts to see jesus and his beauty and change us uh, as you do that in your name we pray jesus amen amen 
Right. So um, when when the Israelites would take this journey to Jerusalem to worship, um, they would sing these songs, and this was a very hilly region, right? So when the psalmist says, "I lift my eyes up to the hills," now uh, typically the Bible scholars would look at this verse in two ways. The first way is probably how we've seen it all this while, looking to hills as a, some source of strength um, or help. Uh, and then looking to God as a helper and not the hills, right? This is probably how we've looked at this first verse of the psalm. But the second school of thought, I believe, is more in line with the psalm. Now, as they would journey through these hills to Jerusalem, uh, the hills were famous places for thieves and robbers to take refuge in. Right, so as they would walk this journey day and night, this journey wasn't without danger, and so the psalmist looks to God as their keeper, as their protector, as the one they can take refuge in. In the short psalm of eight verses, the psalmist mentions the Lord as our keeper at least five times. So there's something about knowing the Lord as our keeper that brings rest to our souls in this uncertain, trouble-filled journey of life. So my goal for today, for this sermon, is to grow in the knowledge of the Lord as our keeper, not just in our minds but in our hearts, so that we will experience Him as our keeper today. Here's the framework. Here's the three things that we're going to be uh, looking at. The first thing that we're going to be looking at is: Do I know my keeper? Do I know my keeper? The second thing is: Do I know what my keeper keeps me from? The third thing is: Do I know that I can trust my keeper? Do I know my keeper? Do I know what my keeper keeps me from? Do I know that I can trust my keeper? Let's jump straight in. Do I know my keeper? I'm going to be breaking this into two parts. First thing is just knowing him for myself. Look at the fourth and the sixth verses. He says, "Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. Our keeper works day and night. This is this is not new knowledge." For us, he works day and night. Have you ever seen, or have you ever pondered on why the Lord works day and night? If He's working day and night, probably means that we need Him to work day and night. Our our souls need Him to work day and night. But do we live as? As though we need him to work day and night, to work twenty four seven, three sixty five days in every season. I don't. I tend to live as though my keeper is a night watchman, right? Uh, I, I when I'm afraid of the dark, when I'm afraid of the unknown, then I run to him as my keeper. But when I think I know what's happening, I'm relying on myself. We tend to look at our keeper as a night watchman. We tend to fear the darkness of the night 
but ignore the sunburn of the day. We tend to fear the darkness of the night, but ignore the sunburn of the day. We, he keeps us when I think I'm in danger. And he also keeps me when I think I'm not. Right? So what does that mean? How much, how much we rely on ourselves in the absence of danger determines how much we rest in God in the presence of it. How much we rely on ourselves in the absence of perceived danger, what we see and feel, determines how much we rest in God in the presence of it. He keeps me safe both from the uh, danger of failure that may be very apparent and the danger of success which not might which might not be so apparent and the question is are our seasons of goodness prosperity and health leading us to rely on ourselves or leading us to rely on jesus and enjoy his grace more i realize that there are some areas in my life that i think i'm good at right that I think I can take care of myself and I'm on top of my game. I don't need your help. Um, and, and these are the areas in which when, when I'm attacked, I'm in turmoil. I can't rest. I struggle. I grumble disproportionately. Now there are areas that I'm aware that I'm not good at. I rely on God more and, and, and when, even when trouble comes, I'm prepared for it because I know I'm not good at it. I run to him sooner and easier. How we consciously, when we consciously train our hearts to rely on God, even in our strengths, we will begin to even subconsciously rest in him in our weaknesses. How are our strengths, our seasons of goodness leading us to rely on God instead of our own selves? Now, this is impossible to do it by ourselves. This is impossible to enjoy God as a keeper by ourselves. This needs to happen in community. Second thing we're going to be looking at in the first point is knowing him in community. Look at the psalm. Look at the song. He's singing this in community. How do we know? The first, first verses, the first two verses, he says, where does my help come from? And he says, my help comes from the Lord. And immediately in the third verse, it shifts to the third person. As though someone is singing in response or as though he is singing to someone else. Right? I can know my keeper deeper only through the community that he keeps me in. I can know my keeper deeper only through the community that he keeps me in because even our personal help comes from the God who works in community. Now we might say that we're part of a church community, but hey, we know that it is very possible to isolate and to not participate even in community. We've experienced this in the past one year. I've experienced this 
in the past one year. How do we know that we are participating in community, that we are actively growing in community? The psalm gives us a good test. If you look at it, he's, the psalmist is walking into community. He was singing to them and they were singing back to him. He was reminding them of the keeper and they were echoing it back. And not just this, if you see all these songs of ascent from, one, from Psalm 120 to 132, they are doing different things together. They are crying together. They are being afraid together. They are rejoicing together. They experience different things together. Now, in the last season, did we have people sing to us? Did we have people to remind us, walk with us, cry with us, maybe? Have we experienced this kind of community? Some of us have experienced what this looks like in the last two months with with the gospel huddles. Those of us who are part of it can testify that we've, we've experienced Lord as our keeper in a real and, and more intimate way more than ever before. The community sang over us. They prayed for us. They read the scriptures with us. Listened to us. Wept with us. Laughed with us. This is the way we grow in the real experience of God as our keeper. And we've experienced him as our keeper more during these times than the pre-COVID times. And as we spend our time in community, the people who have been part of the gospel huddles can testify to the fact that our personal fears, what we are struggling with personally, were addressed. They were tended to, our, our anxieties were tended to and and cared for and put at rest. We can know our keeper deeper only through the community that he keeps us in. Now we're going to go one level deeper in knowing our keeper. We're going to be looking at, do I really know what my keeper keeps me from? Look at verse 7. It says, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. Right, let's just pause there. Does, really, does God really keep my life from all evil? How does this statement hold true, especially during the times that we are living in today? Here's what the keeper does. My keeper keeps me from all evil, but not all evil from me. Let me say that again. My keeper keeps me from all evil, but not all evil from me. What do I mean? Jesus explains this idea in Luke chapter 21. Talking to his disciples, he says, you will be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends. And they will put some of you to death. But not a hair of your head will perish. Now, how does some of them will, some of them will put you to death and not a hair of your head will perish and go together? The word life, the life that Jesus is keeping 
is more than what we what we mortals see as flesh and blood it includes our soul our very being which cannot be destroyed by anything in this life we will not perish in fact the evil we face in our life is in fact a window for us to see our keeper at work the trouble that we face in our life is in fact a window to see and appreciate our keeper at work simon weil uh, a french philosopher uh, who was an agnostic and then became a follower of jesus she said the extreme greatness of christianity lies in the fact that it does not seek a supernatural remedy for suffering but a supernatural use for it does not seek a supernatural remedy but a supernatural use for it i just finished a book called a prayer in the night by tish harrison warren and and she talks about another author called scott kane um who meets a monk who's dying of cancer and that monk told him paradise is filled with men and women whose cancer saved their lives paradise is filled with men and women whose cancer saved their lives keynes goes on to talk about his own father and and his struggle with cancer and how through cancer his father grew grew from a terribly impatient and a tempered man to a remarkably calm loving profoundly quiet and a genuine man of prayer he goes on to say his father died of cancer but cancer saved his life now don't get me wrong keynes is not saying cancer is good no it's not it's evil it's part of the broken world that we live in it causes immense pain and suffering for the person and the people around them we we've spent the last couple of um, weeks with with uh, my wife tarika's grandmom and we've seen her struggle with cancer and we've seen how painful it is it is painful for her it is painful for people around caring for her to just see her in so much pain and that cancer is not good in itself but what scott king is saying is the god we meet in cancer is good he is supernaturally using even this terrible thing to keep our life you know it got us this this last two weeks got us as a family to pray more to seek him more and depend on him more now if god can do something like that with something as worse as cancer what is the trouble that we are facing today that we are probably seeking desperate supernatural remedy for what is that trouble shall we look to god and see how our keeper is saving us in and through it it might be our own sickness it might be a sickness of a loved one it's probably just a something as something as simple as difficult colleagues a difficult boss god please take out, take these people away from me what are we seeking desperate supernatural rescue for it could be uh with with the lockdown it could be difficult family conditions right 
can we fix our eyes on our keeper and see how he is saving us and turning us a little more into the likeness of Jesus through this season you know often times may not be in all cases but often times hidden in our desire for supernatural rescue is an idol that demands to be fed that idol could be an, a desire for control i don't feel i'm in control i need control so i'm going to ask god to remove whatever it is that is removing taking this control away from me an idol for comfort an idol for power and a desire for power a desire for approval you know in not rescuing us from it jesus is using it to save us from that very idol today this is how we can experience him as our keeper today in this difficult season hey but when we're going through these dark nights i know that our eyes don't immediately go to our keeper it is it is hard to believe when when we don't see the light at the end of the tunnel it is hard to believe that a light even exists at the end of the tunnel how do we know how do i know that i can trust my keeper even during this time if you're going through a season how do i know that i can trust my keeper during this time the first thing we're going to be looking at is i can trust my keeper because of the guarantee that he gives look to verse 2 when when some says my help comes from the lord who made heaven and earth my help comes from the lord for years the pilgrims walked into jerusalem to be in the presence of god with fellow followers through the many hills which held unknown dangers but centuries later on one such festival passover as jews gathered from all over israel help ceased to be just an idea and came in the form of a person of jesus christ he came as our ultimate keeper Jesus Christ came to make us aware of the biggest danger that there is to human kind the only thing that can destroy our life in the eternal sense that that can make us perish within no time the only thing that can destroy our life god's wrath against our sin jesus took care of he perished in our place and as pilgrims flocked into the city to the temple jesus was flogged out of the city to the hill of calvary he was beaten and mocked throughout that journey people were people were hurling accuses at him he was physically emotionally in and in pain in every way and he walked to that hill carrying the cross of your sin and mine where the biggest danger to human kind was disarmed forever the holy wrath of god was satisfied in jesus and not just that even as we journey today 
even as we pilgrims journey towards the new jerusalem that is waiting for us where there'll be no more pain where there'll be no more sorrow even as we walk during this time jesus sends a helper in in matthew chapter uh, 26 you you'll see that he says i will send you the helper from the father the helper is the spirit of truth who comes from the father hey so when we look to god for help in this uncertain trouble filled life it's no more just an idea but it's a person a keeper who is there with us 24/7 to save us and to live inside of us he is enough what situation are we looking at today that we need rescue from hey what resources are we looking at that we think can help us hey nothing can satisfy god himself jesus is our keeper and he is enough and this is what we need we don't need just mere resources when we are in trouble when we're going through a hard time we need a person you know in the last week uh, when we were caring for um, amama uh, this is what i noticed right after the surgery um, she was kept in the icu for two days right now the icu was well equipped the best equipment the best nurses the best doctors were there to care for her but in the icu none of us could stay with her none of us from the family could stay with her so she spent long hours in this room by herself even with the best equipment best people to care for her it must have been long hours of loneliness filled with anxiety there was no one whom she personally trusted or loved in that room with her 24/7 but when she was shifted to this less sophisticated room a non icu room where there was probably lesser equipment uh, lesser observation from the staff one of us from the family would always be with her 24/7 when she opened her eyes she could see the people she loved she could talk to us tell us how she was feeling cry her pain with us celebrate small improvements with us we were around her 24/7 night and day and even when the doctors came they reminded her of the fact that her family was right there next to her hey what our hearts need in the form of help when we go through difficult times is not just mere resources and mere things that can get us out of it we need a person and that person is jesus who was given for us he is our keeper 24/7 watching over us his spirit lives inside of us during this time that's the guarantee that god gives help did come the second thing is the warranty verse 8 it says the lord will keep you your keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore 
the psalmist who's written this psalm passed away his friends who sang with passed away but the help that came from heaven in the name of jesus made forevermore possible it made forevermore possible for the psalmist and us this psalm was fulfilled in jesus the empty grave is the warranty is all the warranty we need to trust christ as our keeper the psalmist will rise one day all the dear ones that we lost will rise one day you and i will rise one day to live forever our death is covered in this warranty that god gives because of this guarantee and because of this warranty we can trust christ as our keeper what is this what is the season that you're going in that you want christ and that you want to enjoy christ as your keeper in allow me to just pray even as we close and and the holy spirit does his work in our hearts god you know best where each of us are you know best what is causing our hearts pain what is causing our hearts anxiety what is causing our hearts to walk away and 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 uh, hide in a shell and just throw ourselves a, a, a pity party holy spirit would you help us experience christ as our keeper during this time turn our eyes to see how you're using even this thing that is causing us pain to save us and turn us a little more into the likeness of jesus we worship you lord we worship you in your name we pray jesus amen